Okay, we're going to call this meeting to order. Um, and I would just like to add, because we are, Sandy, if you could move down to that one, because that one's not, the only one that's plugged in is that tall one, unless you want to stand up. Sure. Um, there we go. Oh, sure. Okay. But you need to really speak right into it in order for you to pick up. Okay, we so, Ron, you can have that one if you want, unless you don't plan on saying anything. Nobody's sitting there. <laughs> You're not planning on saying anything? Thank you, Marcia. <laughs> <laughs> You're too casual with all this. Um, does anybody need an agenda packet or uh, at least an agenda? No, we're all good. I'm going to have everything up on the screen, so, you know, as we go through it if you need that as well. Um, but yeah, if you could speak directly in here because number one, it's gonna be hard to hear just across the room, particularly with masks on. And secondly, otherwise the recording um, equipment is not necessarily gonna pick up what we're saying. So yeah, um, so keep that in mind. Anything else? Okay, so there's no other members of the public to introduce. Um, so we can move on to the consideration of the minutes from July 1st. I had one little thing. Did you? Um, it was just some weird wording at the beginning of the review of process to determine allocation. Uh, said Miller said the subcommittee met and discussed the list of potential public art projects and thought that local artists and feedback from the public would be useful. I think it means, meant to say, thought that feedback from local artists and the public, it's just like some words got switched around there. Okay, just turn it around a little bit. Yeah, but everything else looked good to me. Any other motion? Motion to approve as amended. Second. All in favor? Aye. 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 Excellent. Um, oops. Updates. Thanks. All right. Marsha, you want to sure. take us through the updates? Um, yeah, I can start running through them here. Um, Oracles of Iowa City. I don't know if any of you have been able to see the progress on the mural. Um, I haven't actually looked at it for the last week or so, but I think they kind of, there hasn't been a whole lot. Yeah, there's there's been no movement this week. They've, ran out, they've had some issues with equipment. Um, the lift that they used originally, the artist didn't feel comfortable using. Uh, so they had a lift lined up out of Chicago and that fell through. So now I think they've reached out as far as Green Bay, Wisconsin to try to find a lift to get here. So um, they've been kind of just on standby right now trying to get the equipment in place. Okay. I, they originally were planning on hopefully being completed by middle of August. Is that, and do we think that's still the case? I, I, what I recall was he, John had hoped they'd be done next week, but I, I think now with the equipment, you know, it's, it's probably going to be, a, you know, a couple of weeks extra. Weeks. Okay. Hopefully by the end of the month they'll be done. Okay. Um, uh, there has been some significant <laughs> community um, conversations going on regarding it. Um, I myself have had at least four phone calls, and I know um, the downtown district has also received some. Um, are you referring to the next door? That's what I've conversation, been following. Yeah. Um, which was pretty extensive. That's happened. I, is it still going on? I haven't yeah. caught up with it. Oh, it is. For what? It, um, yeah, my computer must have recognized that I looked at it, so now I get emails every time someone posts. <laughs> oh, did you like something? I liked something. Yeah, um, that'll do it. Oops, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I, you know, from my reaction, the, at least the first couple of days, it was really a good quality conversation. Um, there were definitely those who did not like it. Um, there were, I thought, a fairly large majority of people who were defending um, the use of the language and um, were you know, encouraging others to educate themselves about um, why it was used and, and pointing people to the Public Space One website. Um, that's what I've been doing is I've been getting phone calls. I've not received any uh, very you know, aggressive, angry connections about it. They've all been pretty um, open about wanting to know more, and so I feel good about that. Um, yeah, so there will be, the library has even approached us on possibly organizing some um, discussion forums of some kind about it at some point once it's completed, which I think might be a nice addition 
Um, and I know that Public Space One is planning on coming up with some um, some uh, discussions and events based on it. So, yeah. It's already doing what it's supposed to do. What's that? It's already doing what it's supposed to do. It is. Generating it's, dialogue. And, yeah, my common reaction is it's not necessarily supposed to make you feel good. It's supposed to make you think. Mm -hmm. and, yeah, <laughs> it's been a good exercise in dealing with difficult people, <laughs> no, although they're not really difficult. Um, the Sculpture Showcase is in full, um, full kilt. I've got actually some um, flyers over here that um, I've created for the opening tomorrow. Um, help yourself to any of those. Um, and please encourage anybody who can make it between 4 and 5.30 tomorrow. That would be great. Um, all of the artists, um, and I've connected with all of them, even been on site when they've been installing their sculptures, um, are really excited about it. And they're very excited about Iowa City particularly being in this program. So, um, yeah, it's just a really positive um, event. And, uh, any of the sculptures that I have seen so far really... Um, really are a positive asset to the location that they're in. Um, the one at Mercer, t um, Tim Adams, was installed this afternoon. And that looks, it looks awesome because it really complements the playground equipment. Um, he did put it in um, with the sun um, perpendicular to the street, which originally that wasn't kind of what I envisioned, but it makes more sense now because as you're driving down, you it is it's very obvious. Um, people were walking by and just really excited about it too. So, cool. yeah. Um, so please, yeah, please consider attending. Um, Can I ask a quick question? What's that? Go ahead. Um, do we have like a social media hashtag? A hashtag? We don't. Like uh, for like if like. I see pack or like as people hopefully are like posting things about like we the sculptures really a good or idea. yeah I was um, going to say can we create like a hashtag calling it yeah. I see showcase or sculpture showcase or Not something too long. is it yeah, too long. why don't you come up with something Sandy and I'll <laughs> <Okay>. yeah, sure <laughs> not good at that kind of stuff something you think might be really usable maybe um, it's easy to just make it the hashtag sculpture showcase because that's what's on here is the I know it's a little long but yeah that's the web page um, at some point I'm planning on getting QR codes incorporated into the plaques um, so that people can you know get into this uh, website very easily and I um, but that Oh, I was just going to say I I agree with um, Dominic about having more a more general pack um, hashtag as well for the city's social media to to be able to filter our lovely uh, visually vibrant social media posts for the city. Sure, I'll talk to our communication staff, like if I can even today about that and get something set up. Um, Kids tent. I don't know. Well, Andrea has been. A, well, eh. um, okay. I have an update on the non-kids tent side of the tent. Okay. So, uh, Artifactory usually uses the tent on the day you're not there, uh, and they are not going to participate this year uh, due to rising COVID numbers. I'm still not hearing. Oh dear. Ugh. Okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. Okay. So, do you, so Artifactory uses the kids tent on the day that you aren't there. Right on Saturday. I feel um, so ignorant about this, even though I'm on this committee, but I never go by the kids tent because I can never work it. Um, they will not be there on Saturday this year. Yes. Okay. Um, that's the only update I have, but I I always just feel like you're in the know on that, but. Yeah, no, because usually we use Saturday to you know to pick up the the items and then Sunday to sell, and usually we only really need the one day because we go through the items fairly. That makes sense. I just again I never see it unfortunately, yeah. so I'm like I don't know what happens with this tent. Well, if we wonders. can come up with something to use it, yeah. Okay, good to know. So 
You need volunteers. I need volunteers is what I'm saying. <laughs> and I primarily, Anna um, is thankfully also an intern for Summer of the Arts and she is in charge, well, responsible for the artists um, that are attending Arts Fest. So she is going to be a really key helpful person in collecting the items, um, particularly Friday when the artists, artists register and then Saturday as she's just touching base with all of them. So the need for, for pick up on Saturday is really not as critical as the need for um, some help on Sunday to be at the kids tent and usually we do two-hour increments um, for volunteers um, it runs from 10 to 4 so um, I will be there for the entire time Anna's going to be busy with her Arts Fest responsibilities which is um, a little bit different but is still I'm um, no complaints um, <laughs> so if there could be um, I'll go ahead and send out an email tomorrow and maybe put um, kind of a sign-up thing for the, the tent. Well, I'll need somebody to help set up and then somebody to clean up too. So um, if you could possibly spare a couple hours on Sunday and that would be the 15th. Okay, yeah, that'd be perfect. Do you want me to set up a sign-up genius for you? Oh. <laughs> Do you want me to set up a sign-up genius for that? Set up a, a sign-up genius. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Are you going to be around though tomorrow? Yeah. We in the yep. morning. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. Wasn't sure. <laughs> um, let's see. Dorothy, the sculpture that was down on the pedestrian mall. Um, Ron and I and a couple of the um, engineers and some park staff met. Um, we got the sculpture upright, cleaned it out as as much as we could. Um, just to take a look at it, it's it's very secure. At least we assess it to be on the, the base. Um, so the next steps were we, the park staff was going to do uh, power washing and cleaning up the pad, which had rusted quite a bit. But um, we plan on installing it at some point, hopefully in the next who knows, few weeks. Not sure of schedule on the install, but yeah, it'll, but we're we're close. Okay. So it's moving along is the point. And the, um, Justine Zimmer is the artist. I've been communicating with her. She saw pictures of it after um, we put it upright, and she feels comfortable with the approach that we're taking. So it'll be nice to get it installed. And that'll be located right across the street in front of the parking structure. Right. And the public art survey, I apologize. My intent was to get some updates from communications on what the response rate has been for that. Um, we have a kind of a soft deadline of the end of this month for input. Um, so I, I'm going to have to probably get that information for you later on. Um, and if we need some additional push on getting out promotional, I'll encourage you to do that as well. Um, yeah, so that's it. Great. Um, do we need anything else on the public art survey as far as like, um, you'll just present the information at the next meeting then and we'll use it yeah next um, in September we'll have the all the data uh, the input from that and then we will walk through or you know move on from there trying to figure out what to do with that and how to incorporate it into the planning process for FY22 funds and quite Does that, that need to be yet, set in September or do we when when's the deadline for I guess that? I kind of see it going through October okay to come up with some final figures I just don't see all these those decisions being made in September which is fine you know we're still spending um, FY 21 funds so okay um, moving on to the review the recommendation of selected artists for resource management mural project Do, are those um, able to be I'll do a little bit okay. of an intro, maybe, Sarah, yeah. if that's okay. Um, first, I want to introduce Sarah Gardner. She is the Climate Action Outreach Engagement Specialist. Okay. Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> um, and she and I have been working together on um, this mural proposal, and which she reviewed the, the call for submissions um, two months ago um, for the Resource Management Building. We received five different submissions. Um, the committee finally got together yesterday afternoon, the, the initial review committee, that's kind of the, some key stakeholders, members of the bike library, a neighboring business owner, um, Sarah, and then Jen Jordan and Patricia 
Folsom, Folsom um, who are with the resource management um, department and kind of operate the, the building itself. And from that, um, we had a conversation about um, the submissions. And I don't know whether everybody had a chance to go through them all, but um, I'll let Sarah take it from there on how the conversation went and what we ended up with. Sure, and thank you so much for taking your time to help us out with this process. This is the first uh, public mural that we're sponsoring through the Climate Action Office, so we appreciate your expertise and keen eyes. Um, I think the easiest thing to do is probably cut to the chase since it's quite a packet of things to look through. There were two designs that really rose to the top um, in our discussions. One was submitted by Drew Etienne, um, and it was the one in your packet that has the tree that wraps around the building. Um, it has the wind turbines and pollinator plants and some cyclists resting along a path. Um, and the other one was the uh, design submitted by Erica Danners, which uh, has a more funky, distinctive look to it um, and is sort of focused more on composting efforts and the kind of recycling work that soil does for climate and also some carbon sequestration benefits. Um, of the two, the second one was the clear favorite among the staff who work in that building and the um, adjoining bike library property who uh, informed us part of their mission includes the phrase, keep things funky, and they felt like this art certainly did that. Um, the only concern that was raised in that discussion is that uh, Ms. Danners is a local tattoo artist and does not seem to have prior experience doing an art installation of this scale. Um, we took a look at a bench design she had submitted as an example of public art she had done, and one of the committee members was able to bring up an image from her Instagram feed that showed the design she had proposed for the uh, bench and the execution. I believe there's a copy of that bench in your packets. Um, and there was uh, some clear difference in the delivery. So uh, Marcia and I decided the thing to do would be to contact both artists and just ask them to articulate for us a little more clearly what their plan was for working with community volunteers to actually get this, this, their design realized along this very large wall. Um, and Erica responded very promptly with a very detailed plan um, that involved dividing the wall into 10 foot sections, which would be 16 different sections of it and taking a paint by number approach um, and not mixing colors at all, having community members draw straight from the, co the color in the color coded or the number coded paint bins corresponding with each 10 foot section. So we sent that response on to the group to review um, and they felt like it was a fairly solid explanation of what her approach would be and said they would be comfortable with it. Um, I asked them based on the conversation with the bench if they would rate their level of comfort with a design that ultimately looks, let's say, a little less refined than what is proposed in the packet if in the actual delivery. Because you never know with community, you know, amateurs, myself included, will be helping paint this. Um, and they said by and large they were comfortable with it. They suggested asking Ms. Danners to re revise the design just a little to make it a little more simplified. Um, we did not, to my knowledge, hear back from Drew with the same question as well, which um, Drew, I think, based on his application, is a bit more of a known quantity. It seems like he's done these kinds of installations before. Um, so I think there's less concern about his ability to deliver. but. Based on the information we have at hand, the um, consensus among the committee that reviewed it yesterday seems to be that this design would be their preferred design, even so. Um, but of course, we would like to hear from you as well. Not everybody okay. talk at once. <laughs> um, I, was, I was just gonna say, I like the one with the soil, but I come from an engineering background and yeah, it's kind of our thing, one of our things. But um, I did not know about the helping to paint it. Mm. What is, can we do that? Yeah, would you all like to join in helping paint it? You're certainly welcome to. We are going to be recruiting volunteers pretty heavily. So we've uh, got the word out with our climate ambassadors, but we'll be soliciting community volunteers as well. 
throughout the it's, it's a 160 foot long wall so we need all the help we can get <laughs> as long as we don't have to mix paints mm -hmm. yeah this one is definitely my first choice too so i really like it i really like that it was a nice tie-in um both obviously for the city of iowa city's you know organics um initiative and whatnot but i also really liked it because it does also uh, for me, echo the fact that we are in a very agricultural state, uh, and there's a lot of concern over soil and water quality. So I was like, oh, yay. I, I really enjoyed this one. Yeah, I think the committee also felt that um, this mural versus the other one would really pull people in because there is so much detail, there's so much going on. Um, it probably would be um, very appealing to, to the younger population just because, you know, they're into the, 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 the critters and the, um, um, all, all that fun stuff. So, um, and that particularly the bike library people, they, they describe their whole approach as being a little funky and, and really thought that this would kind of match what they their envisionment was so I think from the perspective of the climate office one of the things we've been working very hard on is to diversify our representation of climate throughout the city and climate action so that it can be more inclusive and a little less expected and we certainly feel that this design does that and we really appreciate that it doesn't take a, a, a a more traditional focus on recycling. It feels site appropriate, both for the building it's gonna be on and the buildings adjacent to it. So basically, this is the recommendation of the, of the subcommittee. They'd like to um, get an affirmation from the Public Art Advisory Committee to go ahead and proceed in contracting with this artist to do the work. And um, again, just as a reminder, this is being funded through the Climate Action um, funding sources, and so it's not anything that's coming out of the public art program. So we would need a motion for that. I'll make a motion to approve. Are we calling this one anything? The or Erica Danner's designs? Design, okay. Second. All in favor? Aye. 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 Okay. Great. Yeah, it's definitely Great. unexpected and like a different take on it. I really like it too. So thank you. Yeah, it'll be fun. Thank you, Sarah. Yeah, great. Thank you all so much. We'll keep you posted on the community paint day if anyone wants to join in. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> all right. Uh, the next item on our agenda is reviewing the rubrics and policies related to repeat applicants in the matching fund program. Is it, that's two items, right? Review the rubrics overall and then also yeah, the I mean, policies. You know, and I was not at that July meeting, so I'm even a little rusty on exactly where we were with it. And I can't was even Jan working on um, I can speak to that, I think, kind of. Yeah. Uh, so. I think we had some remaining questions about how to address prior funding histories and repeat projects or series of events um, and whether or not we wanted to include that as formal rubric, well, wanting to include that a part of the rubric. Um, but it seems like we were stumbling in that it was we had different questions and requirements based off of the different types of proposals that we may receive. Um, so I had just drafted up like a series of guiding questions that could be posed in the rubric, um, encouraging artists, community partners applying for funds to address potential concerns that we may have. So I don't think there was much beyond Andrea's initial revision of the rubric, and it was more so just that um, how do we address or state our potential concern or our potential decision to fund or not to fund a project that had had um, a history with PAC? So I think the green highlighted language was what was of concern several meetings ago. Um, and I don't know if we ever came to a resolution on that. 
but then the text questions after the rubric that have draft in red letters above them was um, the statement about PAC reserving the right to consider prior funding history and balancing inspiring new projects while um, supporting existing projects and then a list of questions for repeat applicants to consider in their application. I think these questions hit on the concerns very well of just, is the project different enough? Have they made progress on prior grants? Um, and I, I, we're on definitely on the, right, on the right track with these. So I, I totally agree. How, how would we incorporate this? I mean, does it need to be put into the rubric or um, is it just something we can have in our um, I guess my vision was to include it as part of the review criteria. Mm -hmm. um, I can do it as a, you know, a separate link into the document. I can you know, summarize it. But um, yeah, I think there probably needs to be some way of scoring that. Um, within the rubric. We have a, I inserted a question in um, the upcoming matching fund application that asks artists to um, explain how they meet this criteria. And I went ahead and included the draft just because I wanted to have something. Um, so they will be responding. I think that might tell us a lot about um, you know, how, how that's gonna evolve. Um, it, was more, it was just a narrative um, opportunity. There were yes and no questions kind of thing. Yeah, my only concern about putting it in the rubric and as a scoring thing is that it would make it more challenging to, you know, tally up the total scores because if some people are not previously funded applicants, do they get a three, a zero? Like, it feels like it would. If it's applicable, right. you're saying. Mm -hmm. um, it's only applicable to some of the members or some of the applicants? I think that uh, writing these, my idea was like, because it was this part two, I think, that we kept returning to us struggling to, we wanted them to be specific, but knowing that like different criteria would potentially apply to different applicants. So using these questions or considerations for as like more detailed um, points of reflection or evaluation for these two categories. Um, so if that means they, I don't know if that means they have to be in the rubric or versus just like in a appendix. Perhaps they could be like a, a negative point for each one that has, has the wrong answer and it's one point minus off their overall score. So if the answer like, um, they haven't completed a prior project or made you know progress on it. That would be a negative one to their overall score, or something. You know, maybe it's not all of these things, but we choose one or two of each one, and that so they actually get a deduct if they haven't followed through, or it's very similar. Would that work as a scoring? I I think that's a good idea. I don't think they should. Um kind of echoing what you just said, I don't think they should get deducted for it being their first one because we just saw an example of what I hope is going to be an awesome project. Um, we just got to give that person that first time, that chance. But if they do have projects in the past that they have not followed up on, yeah, I think that's a, that's a big deduct. Mm -hmm. So... <laughs> So what more do we need to do on this? Well, item? I'm happy to draft all, something based on all of this. Um, again, for this next round of matching funds, it's already out there in terms of just them providing a narrative. Um, but in September, um, 
we will be reviewing them. So the, the matrix or the rubrics part of it, yeah, I'm sorry, will have to be okay. finalized. And as, as far as the, the two lines in green, do we feel like they're fine? I mean, my kind of gut feeling about it is that the first one feels clear and like a good criteria, like you should have a project budget that's clear and um, what the use of the matching funds are for. So that seems like a good thing to score. The other one, we talked a lot about it, it being potentially um, like smaller projects would do worse or better. It, it kind of sets a scale that gives a priority to a project. And I, I don't, I mean, I would almost be fine just getting rid of that line. Sure. Cool. Um, I mean, that, I, I would agree. It, there seems to be no, no real solution. I have nothing more to add to the conversation personally. I, you know, I just don't. Um, so it does feel like if we got rid of it, that just takes the problem away completely um, with sort of scale and, and um, where funds may or may not be coming from or other funds, matching funds. Um, but then uh, it does feel like then, uh, I guess, related to this of whether it needs to be on the score sheet or in the rubric would then be, um, I do like the idea of having more of the narrative to explain some of the um, the follow through, I guess, element for artists and um, things. I guess it's two separate things. I agree that maybe that second part should just go away. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> but that's an interesting point. Like we just in future applications, you could include what Dominic wrote here, the third bullet about how do the PAC matching funds present a unique funding? You know, there could be some narrative response to that that we could consider. It just doesn't have to be graded. Okay. So do you feel comfortable in me producing this? And then um, I, I guess worst case scenario, if, it, if it's something that you really don't feel comfortable with for the next meeting, which is when you'll be reviewing the matching funds, we can talk about that very quickly in the beginning, adjust it as you feel comfortable. and. Um, then continue on with discussion. I do. Yeah. Okay. Do we need a motion for that? No. Okay. That sounds no, great. I got it. <laughs> All right. Moving right along. Um, this one is interesting. Did everyone get a chance to read about the American Rescue Plan Act and how Iowa City's priorities on that? Um, do you want to introduce did, that? Did everybody get a chance to at least familiarize themselves with what the the funding is, what it can be used for? Um, the city manager's office is asking for recommendations, if, if any, from any of the boards and commissions that feel like there might be an opportunity to use the funds for something that, you know, is their focus. Um, so I wanted to include it on the agenda. Um, I included some of the guiding principles um, in the agenda packet. I didn't provide any information from the actual, um, oh, it's gonna take me a long time to go up here, um, from the website, um, but I, I won't bore everybody with that unless they have absolutely no clue about what it can be done, what can be done with it. Um, the one section in the website that is probably the most specific to um, start all over again. Probably the most specific to public art is economic growth, at least from my perspective, and you know, possibly there are others. Come on. How do I make this bigger? What do I do? Where? Oh, there we go. I mean, one of the resources that I 
saw that I thought was pretty valuable was the presentation that was made to the city council um, about the program. There's some a lot of introductory stuff here. Um, the number one, respond to pandemics, public health and economic impacts. Again, that's about the only one that I see as appropriate for, for public art. Um, So some of the um, economic impacts um, that can be addressed are resource service and staffing to pre-pandemic levels and new services or project that were planned prior to the pandemic but paused or delayed due to the pandemic. I, I don't know that there's anything that necessarily fits into that criteria that we've been doing. Um, Would the, I guess this is super minuscule, but um, the, park artist that got approved several meetings ago noted that her like material funds budget like almost doubled and she had to redesign because of materials and cost would that and qualify creekside or no it wasn't creekside it was Kiwanis. the what the would additional funding for the kiwanis park art project be appropriate for this this is a question I'm still not, I'm sorry, I'm still not following. The artist, when she gave her presentation to us, she noted that because of like pandemic supply chain problems, she had to like re-choose materials and change the okay. design because of funding issues because prices had skyrocketed. Okay. So would like increasing the funding for her project qualify? I mean, it's like incredibly minuscule. I think that's, I mean, so much of any of the recommendations that are going to come through are up to the city council to decide oh. if that's um, eligible and if they feel that's an appropriate use of the funds. Um, I guess my feeling on it, if there are some projects that um, you feel strongly or, or just general concepts um, to increase increase public art funding availability to um, allow for more opportunities for artists who may have suffered because of um, COVID, that that might be a reasonable um, request. I, I think it's important that the committee come through with, with something. I, I think any of those would be um, not out of the question. Um, the, the concern I do have, um, asking for more public art money requires more administration. And I think part of that request has to include the capabilities for staff to be able to do that. Just thinking out loud in response to that, um, I mean, in the public art, or in our um, strategic plan, we did identify staff additional staff help and that could like provide a job for a local artist that wanted to be engaged in that role would like, it could whether or position. not I mean I think again it's a political question as to whether or not that fits into the criteria of it being a recovery program for from COVID um, it could somehow transition into that yeah, um, yeah I'm it, it does seem like using all the criteria, seem, public art seems like a bit of a stretch, but <laughs> um, I don't know. What do you all think? I, mean, I don't think there's any necessarily statistical evidence that um, artists suffered during the pandemic, but I also feel like that's probably a pretty obvious outgrowth. Um, uh, the, you know, lack of lack of galleries being open. You know, lack of festivals. Lack of you know, c private commissions because of limited interactions. Um, I, yeah, I just, I'm, you just have to assume that's been the case. But how the public art funds can then be utilized um, to meet that. I mean, the other. One alternative might be to do a quick outreach to, to our local artists to kind of have them provide um, just a short summary of the impact that they, they experience because of it so that we can use that directly as evidence. Um, they're wanting this input well, fairly soon. 
So um, I think we probably need to draft something. Do you think we have until even September on this, Ron or Julie? No, I was, I, uh, middle of August was kind of the, yeah. I mean, would somebody be willing to come to draft something that could go out to the committee and? As far as a proposal? Mm -hmm. <laughs> I haven't heard any other ideas. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering, is it uh, an email we should write to the arts organizations to solicit ideas? But you're saying we don't have time for that? I'm sorry, what? Uh, would I thought you were suggesting soliciting ideas from the local arts organizations? Yeah, I mean, that, again, trying to fit that in because if the deadline's the 15th, that's technically next next week or the yeah, um, that's pretty fast. But I think maybe Monday. Um, I can just tell you, I have no time to do that between. You have what? I don't have any time to draft anything. Yeah. I've, I mean, you've probably been thinking about this as much as anyone has. Has there any um, ideas come to your mind as far as yeah? I mean, there, I I don't necessarily have any specific recommendation on it. Um, looking for ideas, I feel like it could be worthwhile. On um, the other avenue is that there's public input that people can be providing through the survey that's available, and to encourage encourage you folks as well as any artists to. Um, to include that as part of public input. <laughs> I'm happy to draft something and we'll get it, I'll get it out next week and see if I can make it work within the context of what we were assuming are general needs. Um, I can also possibly get out something very quickly to our artist database I was gonna say, maybe a better plan of action would be to just get a notice out through the database, letting people know about the survey and asking them to respond directly to the survey if they have yeah. ideas. That might be better use of our, since we don't have a, a really strong, compelling idea right now. Um, I have a suggestion. <laughs> Um, regarding like the artist registry, I know from hearing things through the community that particularly performance performing artists have suffered the most, Very like thinking so. about the mill closing and other venues. Um, so that might be perhaps a strategic place to start because that's clearly economic. I, I think a that's a given. I, I don't know if anybody can argue with that. Um, so, like, I, well, I'm sort of sitting here thinking about um, could we, if we're asking for funds related to helping the economic impact with artists, it almost seems as though uh, if we had the money to sort of then, it almost feels like we need to run a little bit of a miniature WPA program where it's almost like extending our funding to have more calls out for more sort of artistic opportunities to have artists working. That's the only thing that I can think of that that fits within what we, we regularly do um, that could maybe sort of say, hey, we actually do benefit, you know, artists and keep them working by providing these opportunities sure. for funding for these art projects, but, you know, it, but in a certain way, it just feels like give us more money so we can, you know, put more calls out. But at the same time, that does allow for more um, artists to be paid for more projects so they can work. But yeah. I don't know how compelling that is. That's just what I keep thinking, mini WPA happening. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I agree with it because as I was when you started referencing the pandemic, then I started thinking back in history to when the United States has gone through traumatic events, world wars, predominantly, um, Great Depression. It was the government that reached out to the artists to try and, I don't, I don't remember 
like really what the the goal was at the time. I just remember studying the art. It was propaganda art, but right, right. and it does. Yeah, it feels that sort of propaganda. It helps to kind of keep morale, but also then it, there is a certain or okay, perceived. So, like, yeah, a perceived. So, it also helps artists to continue to you know work and have sort of an income. But my history is very. Uh, is yeah, very like maybe there's some kind of spin on it to to bring community together because of all the events that happened last year. Mm -hmm. This is the best, we feel this is the most beneficial and nonpartisan way to do it. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if you can spin that. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously there's lots of entities that are doing, I mean, is Summer of the Arts making a, an appeal, Andrea? Or to expand their programming? Not at the moment. Okay. Or the Englert or any of the arts organizations. It's not like we couldn't find things to maybe come up with and daydream about, but um, but even if it, I, you know, I don't know. So do, do you have enough to spin on? <laughs> <laughs> Is the question? Yeah. Or do I have to think of more? I may I may have to like go through my old art books. I still have them. Yeah. I mean, does the idea of, of basically increasing the number the the budget for performance arts grants and and just matching grants in general, does that kind of fit what you're saying as um, a like it might kick us over the, our capacity for staff to administrate? For administration. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, each individual grant is that much, you know, additional work. Um, the showcase, for instance, you know, and, and the artists that I've spoken with agree, they're so, they're so excited about the fact that it's occurring, but that program is, it's just as much work to permanently install a sculpture as it is to temporarily. Um, in fact, it's a little bit more because you have to remove it. Um, so you know all of those things kind of add up in terms of the yeah. the time investment. Um, I don't know that it necessarily has to point to quote public art or our program. You know, it, it, I think including you know the potential for other organizations to be able to expand their programming and put and put the administrative burden on them. I mean, <laughs> but you know it's still particularly with the performing art component. Um, because there are organizations that are much more involved in that than we are, except through the matching fund program. I'm happy to work on something. Um, I, again, I haven't had a lot of chance to put thought to it, but once I buckle down and, and bat, yeah. it, bat it around a little bit, I, I feel to some degree it would be nice to provide some input. I think, I think it's important for the committee to know that, for the city council to understand that the public art advisory committee has discussed this and there are some suggestions that they have. I'm happy to help good. bounce ideas off. Okay. And as you work on that. That's good. Any further discussion on that item? I'm gonna turn the lights on. I think everybody's falling asleep. Here we go. <laughs> uh, Nancy is not here. Nope. Do we have anything on the artist registry to discuss? I don't. No. I, um, the, the submissions um, to the registry have slowed down quite a bit um, with the initial push. Although I've seen social posts that we've been putting out on Facebook and um, other forms. Um, but I say we're down to about maybe one a week or so versus the dozens we were getting initially. Um, I'm gonna get another um, press release out that's going to be more focused on as well as much as the opportunity for artists to, um, to register for it, but also the fact that it is publicly accessible and people can get at it to, to find an artist to do just about anything, um, you know, from, from entertaining there uh, at a wedding to um, painting a mural on the garage to to blowing up balloons at their birthday parties and this, this has nothing to do with 
anything on the agenda. But um, did you guys all see the Match.com Facebook ad for the performance artists? I can't. I can't. Uh-uh. Probably in a public meeting, I can't talk about it. But it's really funny, and if you Google it, okay, it might give you some inspiration. Okay. <laughs> huh. right. It's yeah. I can't. I can't even say it in a public <laughs> meeting. It's yeah. Yeah, because I. I mean, even with the registry, I know personally. Even a lot of the artists that submitted for the. Um, um, resource management building um, are not on the artist registry, so you know there, there is there's information that's not getting out there. So we need to do some more aggressive. Um, it, obviously, after Arts Fest, but I feel like if you have something you want to push out, I feel like through so, Summer of the Arts with social media, we would be willing to do that, just not before Arts Fest. Yeah. Nothing before Arts Fest. <laughs> Any staff reports? I would just mention we do have the park renaming ceremony tonight at the new James Allen McPherson Park. Um, He was the um, Pulitzer Prize winning author for, I always get this wrong, fiction? Nonfiction. Fiction. Yeah. What was his Pulitzer Prize for? It was for fiction, I believe. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Julie. Oh, anyway, he's a, he's a famous author. City of Lit will be there. Library will be there. His daughter will be there. Um, 6.30 tonight at the former Creekside Park, which is okay. now James Allen McPherson Park, followed by Party in the Park, which is crafts and music and neighborhood time in the park tonight. Mm-hmm. Yep. 6.30. Yep. And again tomorrow. Um, at Riverfront Crossings. Nothing extravagant planned, um, just an opportunity to meet the artists and and hear more from them. Um, I did want to share that they, uh, all of them have some really good ideas about temporary art installations because they've all participated in them. Um, and that's something, I'm gonna collect those comments and then share them with you at some point because there's some, I think for the moving forward on it, some ways to may- maybe really expand it get some more traction going. Thanks. It was Pulitzer, the first African-American to get a Pulitzer Prize for fiction. I had to look yes. it up. I'll know that tonight. <laughs> Any other staff reports? Um. <laughs> Motion to adjourn. <laughs> Second. All in favor? Aye. 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 Thanks, everybody. All right.